0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20
1: about the Sixth Commandment, Thou Shall Not Kill. The Sixth Commandment, You Shall Not Murder comes on the heels of the fifth commandment. I know that's incredibly insightful on my part, but it's relevant because I want you to just look back in verse 12 for a second. We looked at this several weeks ago, but it says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you, and then the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. I pointed out to you that the word honor in the ancient world is a word that literally means heavy, And it has the idea of placing value on. And when someone murders another people, and it's an ugly word just to say the word murder, what it is is it's not esteeming value. It's the devaluing of life. Now, some of you have been around for a long time, and you've heard about this sanctity of life Sunday. But I want you to think about that that word. Sanctity means that which is holy, that which is precious that which, is ha- which has great value. I'll give you an illustration. Let's say you're driving in your car and it's a dark night and you see something laying in the road. And as you get closer, you realize it's a possum. You would have a very different reaction if you got closer to that shape and you realized it was a person. There's a big difference between a possum and a person. And here's why. Because man, mankind, is made in the image of God. And this gives us a heightened value. In the book of Genesis, right after Noah got off the ark, take a peek with me, just one book back. Genesis chapter 9. Noah and his sons are getting off the ark, and God is, everything's restarting. And then people are going to spread out in chapter 10. But if you look at Genesis 9, you'll see an early pronouncement of this value in an early pronouncement of something called capital punishment. God blessed Noah, Genesis 9, 1, his sons, and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, Good, all the way down to verse 6, Genesis 9, whoever sheds man's blood by, his blood, by man his blood shall be shed. So notice it's by the action of another, and we'll talk about this in a second, by man his blood shall be shed, for the in the image of God, he made man. The reason that capital punishment is instituted in the scripture is because men and women are made in the image of God. I'm not sure what's going on with possums, but I did hear kind of a funny anecdote, and it will it will answer the question. It's one of the deep philosophical thoughts of our time. Why did the chicken cross the road? Do you guys know why? To show possums it's possible. (laughs) Okay, let's turn back to Exodus chapter 20. If if you were to go on the street with a microphone in the city of Corona, let's say, or wherever you may live, and let's say that you ask people, could you name the Ten Commandments? I would imagine that most people could probably come up with the Sixth Commandment. Uh, Doesn't it say something like, you shall not kill anyone right most people can come up with that one ray comforts ministry they do evangelism and they use the 10 commandments to kind of open people's eyes to their need for a savior and they were in a mall and one of the episodes that they share on the way of the master training and they are asking people can you name the 10 commandments in like 30 seconds it was very sad to see how many people just were like microphone in their face and they were like you shall not you shall not yeah. and some of the people got to kill anyone. And then it, there was almost like a prideful thing. Well, at least I haven't done that. I haven't killed anyone. I've been thinking about it, but <laughs> you know, but the truth of the matter is that the depth of the law does not have to do with just your outward actions the depth of the law goes much deeper. In fact, theologians will tell you that when you look at the Ten Commandments, there's an outside and an inside aspect to the commandment. And that's something important to note. Whenever you read one of the commandments, it has to do with outward actions, no doubt. And the outward actions are more severe and more serious. But there's an inward responsibility to the law as well. And we'll get to that. And I will tell you this. When we get to it, You may not be as innocent as you think you are because the law goes deep and it confronts each of us. Now, some of the translations of Exodus 20 verse 13, if you have a King James say thou shall not kill, the RSV has it that way as well. But the sixth commandment is literally transliterated from Hebrew to English as never murder or you shall not murder And all of the modern translations render it this way. They make a distinction between killing and murder. So if you have a New American Standard, ESV, NIV, New King James, New Living Translation, they all use the idea of the word murder. You shall not murder. Because there is a distinction to be made. We just saw it in Genesis 9-6 where God does ordain what we might call the right taking of a life. Let's define our terms, and then we'll get into some depth on this. The Hebrew word for murder is ratzach. If you're taking notes, it's R-A-T-S-A-C-H, ratzach. It means to murder, to slay, to kill. The word includes any form of wrongful death, including murder in cold blood, manslaughter with passionate rage, negligent homicide, resulting from recklessness or carelessness. In fact, the same word is used for people who might have accidentally killed somebody and could flee to a city of refuge. If you want to look up this later, you can turn to Numbers chapter 35 in your Bible. We won't go there this morning. But these cities of refuge were uh, established so that if you killed somebody accidentally, you could flee to that city and be spared from the what was called the avenger of blood so that they wouldn't uh, take out vengeance upon you. You could hide there and be safe there. And so this is what the Bible is saying. Uh, a good definition, if you uh, would like to write this down, and I think it's very important that you do, the Hebrew language has eight different words for killing. The one used here has been chosen carefully, ratzak, It is never used in the legal system or in the military. So it's never used of capital punishment or war. The best rendering of the Sixth Commandment is you shall not kill unlawfully. You shall not kill unlawfully. Because there are lawful reasons to kill. For example, if you were trying to defend your life or the life of your family, let's say, and this came out in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, you know, which is very public, he was there and all the stuff was going on and he had a gun and he was threatened and uh, he shot a few people and the court decided that he acted in self-defense. And so that was the whole defense for the Kyle Rittenhouse case was that he was threatened and he shot somebody and he wounded a man and killed another. And the court determined that he acted in self-defense. Whatever you may think of that case, that was That was what happened in terms of the outcome. And so self-defense is a reason and something called just war. There's a whole treatment on just war theory, and it's something like this. If uh, an army is invading different lands and taking innocent life and trying to take what doesn't belong to them, and another nation rises up like in World War II and goes to defend other people and to go to war then killing within that war would be seen as just if it was to stop or keep uh, evil from being perpetrated further. In the idea of capital punishment, as hard as this is for some of us to kind of work through and understand, if someone is killing other people and they are dealt with, then that might save other lives and might keep them from killing again. Laxed laws in any culture really don't do a whole lot of good. You guys know that there's been many movements now with no cash bail and stuff like this, and many things that have become laxed in our culture. And perhaps people have good motives for putting those things into place. But what they typically do, because of how mankind is, is they, they cause more crime. Because people will always kind of walk up to the line. So today, I think they've established that if it's $1,000 or less, then it's not a felony. And so people are going right up to that limit. Someone came up to me after first service. I don't know if this is serious or not. You can look it up and said that people now can claim what they stole on their taxes. The IRS wants to know if you stole $900 worth of stuff because they want to collect taxes on that money. And the person told me, and I imagine it's real, (laughs) That if you give the money back, then you don't have to claim it on your taxes. And all God's people said, no, duh. <laughs> but, but the fact that the IRS is even involved in something like this shows us the craziness to where we have arrived. Now, another, there was another big case uh, that has just been concluded, and that's the Ahmad Arbery case, where those three men pursued him, and he was killed, and they've all essentially gotten life sentences for that for taking someone's life. And this is what law has been established on. I think every culture would tell you that the murder of a person is wrong. The unlawful taking of a life is against what we know is morally right. We don't even need the written law to know it. We know life is precious. Human life is very precious and it is precious to God. And so we've been kind of touching on the issue of is there a right time to kill or is it ever right to kill? Ecclesiastes 3.3 3 says there's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build up. So what do we do with this and how do we understand biblical revelation? Let me share with you what's happened through time. When the nation of Israel was established by God and God called Abraham, And then he gave his commandments as we are going through them right now on Mount Sinai. He set apart Israel as a light to the nations. And when Israel went into the land of Canaan, into what's called the promised land, they became God's tool of judgment.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael and some of today's top apologists for the Dare to Defend conference. On March 10th and 11th, these speakers will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's postmodern
1: culture. This year's theme is Keeping the Faith in a Culture of Chaos. Come to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California on March 10th and 11th to hear speakers Detective J Warner Wallace. The idea that all we have in the universe is random accidents and the laws of physics or chemistry. Then we're not going to get to it. we're going to see the evidence differently because our
0: presupposition really colors the way we see every piece of evidence in the room. Dr. Hugh Ross. When God created time, he was a causal agent that brought into effect time, which means at a minimum... He's got the equivalent to move and operate in two independent dimensions of time. Back at Cook, and they would say, "Are you moving? Did you did you meet someone? And do you have?" And I'm like, "Well, actually, I did meet someone named Jesus." I mean, they were really stunned, and especially when I got to the part about you know the homosexuality being a sin. Some of my friends really got hostile. Dr. Craig Haston, sure, this Jesus thing sounds good. But, you know, I know nothing about Buddhism, or Islam, or Hinduism, or Mormonism. And how do I know for sure that I've really got the goods? Lenny Esposito. This one conversation shows how much we've confused the motivations for why we believe something with good reasons for believing it. There's only one good reason to believe anything. That is. If it's true. Monique Dushan. I think the idea that that's funny racism, like they let you into their home. And like I was, I came home with PTSD from South Africa and all that. And I think I, I started to really think about like, well, what if it wasn't racist? And Joe Dallas. If you want to punch somebody out and you punch somebody out, you're not struggling with punching somebody out. You are, in fact, punching somebody out. Register for the Dare to Defend conference on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH,
1: or visit walkintruth.com.
0: Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on walkintruth. Walk in Truth
1: when Israel went into the land of Canaan, into what's called the promised land, they became God's tool of judgment. When you read Old Testament passages where cities are wiped out and it seems like, you know, who is this God of the Bible that tells Israel to go in and destroy everybody? What is going on? Well, Israel has become a tool of God to mete out his justice, and you will notice as you read different scriptures that God waited until the sin had gotten so bad. And then Israel became his tool to mete out his justice on the earth. They were his theocratic nation. This is true of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament to become his channel of both good and light, mercy and compassion, but righteousness and vengeance. And when Israel went astray, what did God do? He used Assyria and Babylon to come in and judge his own people. And it was ugly. And many of them died, and many of them were carried off to captivity because God is a just God, and he's no respecter of persons. Now, as the Bible unfolds, and we move from what's called the Old Testament to the New Testament, would you turn, hold your place in Exodus and turn to the book of Romans, chapter 13? Here's what's happening. There's no theocratic nation anymore. There's a church that's living in the midst of civil government. And civil government has now been given the responsibility to mete out justice, but not individual people. This is Romans 12, and this is especially relevant to the church. These are some of the toughest verses in the New Testament. But here's what it says. Romans 12, 17 says, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right, Romans 12, 17, in the sight of all men. If possible, So far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people or all men. And I take refuge in that verse because it's not always possible, right? You do what you can. You do the right thing. People don't often reciprocate. But if it's possible, as much as you can, you do what's right. You be at peace. Never take your own revenge, 19, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, in the original letter, there's no chapter breaks. And so Paul continues. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, the civil government of your area, if you will. There's no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God drop down to verse 4 or actually 3 for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior but for evil do you want to have fear of no no fear of authority do what is good and you will have praise from the same for it this is civil authority now is a minister of God to you for good but if you do what is evil be afraid for it does not bear the sword and that has the idea of capital punishment there for nothing for it Civil government is a minister of God, notice, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. So this side of heaven, the way that God's vengeance is meted out is by civil government acting under the authority of God's law. Now, whenever a government gets away from God's law, that's when we have to begin to ask the question, is that government actually in keeping or in check with what biblical revelation would say but here just all things being equal the civil government carries out the justice and here we have a whole system based on you know courts of law etc and defenses and you get to stand before your accusers and etc and there's all this law that's been established to figure out the facts And so this is how the commandment unfolds. And this is some of what uh, answers the question, is there ever a right time to take a life? Well, we talked about capital punishment. We talked about just war, turning back to the book of Exodus. Let's talk about the issue of abortion for a second. We're gonna deal with this on the 23rd. But think about how our culture is thinking now. Our culture believes that it is right. Much of our culture believes that it's, it's right to take the life of an unborn, preborn baby in its mother's womb. But those same people will argue against capital punishment. They will want to defend the most guilty and not defend the most innocent. Somehow our thinking has become upside down. Now, I will tell you, we have to be extremely careful when it comes to capital punishment and uh, things of this nature. Whenever a nation would decide to go to war, whenever a police officer would be in a situation where, you know, perhaps they have to mete out some severe uh, justice towards an individual, these things have to be done carefully and prayerfully and truthfully and all of that. But oftentimes there's not a whole lot of time, right? But the abortion issue, once the ultrasound machine came into existence, the abortion argument should have been over. Perhaps we were in some ignorance to what was going on in the womb previous to to those discoveries, but now we know exactly what's going on. And we know that life begins at the moment of conception. And we know that our land is guilty. And much innocent blood has been shed. And it's very, very sad. And some of this is because we don't allow the light of god's truth to guide us we don't we're not thinking logically anymore we're so up in arms about one thing and and against another but but often we have it upside down and it's because perhaps we haven't either wrestled with the truth of god or perhaps we just listen to other people make their arguments and to to sum up this section it it should be noted that We get back to the definition that not all killing is morally wrong. Why does God permit some forms of killing? What makes them lawful? The answer is that their goal is not the destruction of life, but its preservation.
0: You've been listening to the Sixth Commandment, Thou Shalt Not Kill, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. Maybe these Ten Commandment teachings are bringing up some feelings you need to let out, or perhaps you have more questions. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 48 Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time
1: before we go. Well, when we get into the topic of murder and defining our terms, sometimes people are confused. They'll say, you're a Christian, but you believe in capital punishment, yet you have a problem with abortion. Let's, let's think about that for a second. So abortion is the shedding of innocent blood of a child in the womb that's totally defenseless and innocent. Capital punishment, all things being correct, is the taking of a life of someone who did something heinous and took other people's lives. I hope you can see there's a huge difference there. Abortion is the taking of an innocent life, spilling innocent blood. Capital punishment is the taking of a life of a person who's done heinous crimes against humanity. And been convicted by a court of their peers. Now, sometimes people say, yeah, but what if they got it wrong? What if someone was executed and and it was wrong? That, that would be terrible. I'm sure that that has happened. You know, logically, we don't argue from the exception. We argue from the rule. And I think we all know that there's a lot of benchmarks in place to make sure that someone has appeals and um, everything's been done the right way in a court of law. And that would be the most extreme punishment of all, the death penalty. But that's how we walk some of these things out. And you may not agree. Uh, you you may not agree with uh, other believers or other people you've heard talk about this, but it's worth wrestling with thinking about these two issues, uh, the innocent life as opposed to one who is guilty of taking life. I think that is pretty crystal clear. This is Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. And I wanted to take a moment to say thank you to our Walk in Truth partners who have come alongside us to pay the radio bill and who believe in this ministry. And uh, we're making great progress. We've been trying to get to a 50% listener-funded goal. We've fallen short of that by about $14,000. We had to crunch some numbers and We had told you earlier we're a little bit closer, but (laughs) that wasn't quite the case. So for all of you who have been partnering with us with one-time gifts, some of you have given as much as $5,000, which has been a blessing, or monthly partnerships, which make it a little bit more predictable for us to budget and to walk through some new doors into new territory. Uh, If you would like to be a monthly Walk in Truth partner, go to walkintruth.com. Click on the donate button You give $5 a month, $50 a month, $75, $25, whatever you want to do. Make sure you pray about it. Make sure your first giving is to your local fellowship. But then if you'd like to give, we appreciate every one of you. And when you do partner with us, you know, it cheers our hearts because it means you believe in what we're doing and you're standing with us. And we deeply appreciate that. God has done amazing things and we uh, are grateful for each one of you. Thank you for sharing this ministry with friends, uh, sharing the podcast, liking it, telling people about uh, what you're hearing right here on Walk in Truth. And uh, we're going to get into more of the Sixth Commandment tomorrow, more into delving into God's Word. I pray that you've been blessed and Lord willing. I'll see you right here tomorrow.
0: Join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20 about the Sixth Commandment, Thou Shall Not Kill. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.